Top Shelf Fantasy. Scott Milne. So Sefer was quarterback four. I mean, you got to take away your hate and your crushes and be realistic in fantasy. Corey Dows. I know I'm considerably lower than you guys. And this is the guy I dove in into the waiver article to write up. I want him, but I don't want to overspend for him and get burned. Wake up the next day. Who the hell spent 51? What? It's Corey? I'm going to wring his neck. You guys talked me into it on the podcast. What can I say? <laughs> Craig Penny. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals have a new coach in Zach Taylor. Uh, they drafted a new quarterback for the future in Ryan Finley. And Green's having some issues uh, with his foot still. Uh, the guy came out of nowhere last year, Tyler Boyd. Um, so there's a lot going on in Cincinnati that could really be, you know, anyway. um, in my bold prediction is that they suck this up. And Joe Mixon starts off slow. Obviously, he doesn't play for a bit. Tyler Boyd starts off slow. All those guys that drafted Mixon in the second round, Boyd, somewhere in the fourth round. I have two high for all of them. I think they start two and six. I think Dalton gets benched. I think Zach Taylor's going to look to what new you know, future is going to be in Ryan Finley later on. Obviously, I'm going to go to that draft school. What they had last year, uh, the system's low system. They're going to lose another few games. And then Ryan Finley comes in. I think Zach Taylor's going to get his offense put together. I think then Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, uh, AJ Green, all their fantasy soccer lap-hard of the year is going to be great. Some of the pretty league winners. I think it's good. I was actually happy to start off slow with Finley's cards. I don't know. I actually would be down on the draft. I'm going to go and try and trade for Joe Mixon when he sucks. I love him. And then possibly win <laughs> oh, Tom, Tom. That was great. That was gold. Oh, I oh. took two and a half minutes and put it into thirty seconds. Oh man! So that was Craig. That was uh, Craig's full prediction last year with the. Uh, you probably team. heard hardly any of it, but it was about the entire Cincinnati Bengals season last year. And to be fair. You nailed it. I nailed it. Nailed it. I mean, AJ Green didn't come back. No, there was one. Yes, AJ Green didn't come back, and apparently, Jeff Driscoll was not on the team by the time I said he would start. But the majority share, it was pretty good. It's just funny how that was hilarious how long it was. Man, it just wouldn't stop going. This year, we'll try to keep the bowl predictions under under two and a half minutes. Yeah. Well, shoot. I mean, it's it's tonight, so (laughs) let's let's hope. Uh, all right, Top Shelf Fantasy Podcast 82, uh, August 26th. Um, yeah, so we're going to go over some bold predictions. We have a whole slew of um, news, training camp, some injuries, stuff like that. Um, TopShelfFantasy.com, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Top Shelf FNTSY. Scotty. Listener League, due date, probably by tomorrow. Or Friday. Um, since last week, we have four new members we've selected. Mahomey. Mahomey. Mahoney from last week, we said on the podcast. Z Barboza, 44. Do Your Job. And Wilson, 27. Congratulations. You're now entered to win a free Kenny Galdez signed jersey. Three spots left. We got a few people that, you know, we got, I think, 12, people, 12 members that we can pick from. If you join in the next day or so, then we will include you in the entry. But again, join now. It's the last time you can. Do not miss part of this awesome league. Yeah, some sweet gifts for free. So I mean, like, swag. swag. We we and we yeah, swag some some swag. Um, all right. So real quick, we we want to do a quick little uh, prediction of what we think the the NFL season is going to look like. Um, who are conference champions? Who the super? Who's going to end up at the Super Bowl? Who's going to win the Super Bowl? We want to go around the table and do that real quick. Let's do it. Chip. Sure. All right. So I have out of the AFC, uh, KC, Baltimore, NFC, Seattle, Dallas. I get Dallas beating Seattle, KC beating Baltimore, and then KC beating Dallas in the Super Bowl. Very well. Yeah. Craig. I have. <laughs> I came up with that in two minutes. <laughs> I have the also Kansas City Chiefs facing Baltimore Ravens. Casey moves on to that one to play against the cha- uh, champion in the NFC, which would come between the Saints or the Seahawks. And I have the Saints taking that, and I have the Saints taking the Super Bowl. Interesting. Uh, I got a fair amount of overlap with you guys as well, but I have the Patriots playing the Ravens in the AFC Championship. Of course, you do. Of course I do. <laughs> And I've got the NFC Championship as the Saints versus the Cowboys. And I have the Patriots moving on to the Super Bowl to play the Saints, where they will win that game as well. Ooh, you I get like the Pats it. winning the Super Bowl? Behind Cam Newton, who will win Comeback Player of the Year and potentially an MVP is... award. Check my DraftKings bets. I already got it locked in. <laughs> Actually, so do I. Not I at all, all a homer take. Hey, <laughs> not at all. At those odds, you can't take it. Now, I can't bet against it. I got to root for it. Right. All right, my, um, Scott here. My NFC pick is the Saints against the Cowboys, and the Saints will beat the Cowboys. Finally, because they've been screwed over the last 
three seasons. And then AFC, I have the Chiefs playing the Colts because Phil Rivers, how you doing? Chiefs are going to destroy them, and then Chiefs are going <laughs> to Chiefs are going to lose against Drew Brees in the Saints in the Super Bowl. Drew Brees is finally going to get his. So you and Craig both have. Yeah, so we both have the Saints. Yeah, I think didn't you have the Saints in the Super Bowl as well? No, you I Cowboys. Had, I, had right? da- I had Dallas and KC. Dallas and KC. Okay, so then gotcha. there was the three of us: me, so Corey, and Scott. A lot of we're Dallas. probably we're probably all wrong, by the way. Yeah, I, I would really hope. I think the consistency. Honestly, there was the sweet. Chiefs are probably the best bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's it's not fun to say the Chiefs. No, it's what we we kind of <laughs> see in the, slash one. The Chiefs' defense see? is still suspect. So I mean, the Ravens can still take them, and I think that's a, I think that's why I have them not playing in the championship game. I think the Ravens beat them. You know, I was very close to to making TB12 show another appearance in the Super Bowl, but I couldn't, oh, yeah. I couldn't do it over the Saints with that defense. Some, no. some powerhouse offenses, anyway, that we're predicting go up there. All right, let's get into the news because this this could take us like a half an hour. Yeah, there's a lot of news. Uh, starts off with something not so you know meaningful, but Josh Oliver, the tight end over in Jacksonville who was competing for the starting role at tight end against Tyler Eifert, uh, broke his foot and is out for the year, uh, and he's on IR. So Tyler Eifert has that job. Uh, John Ross finally returned to practice at Cincinnati. Um, He proceeded to play, I feel like, 30 minutes, got hurt, got back up, and then played 11 on 11. So um, who knows with this guy? Uh, And then Brandon Ayuk, the only remaining wide receiver for San Francisco, uh, has another hamstring injury. Um... And That's he's his second one this offseason. Right? No, no, no. I, I, had, I didn't mean to say another. Um, but it just seems to be another San Francisco wide receiver that's hurt. So he's week to week. Um, it's listed as uh, minor. Um, should be ready for the the beginning of the year. I would I would think that they're going to do everything they can to get him ready because they've brought in so many random wide receivers. Most recently, it's River Crocroft. I love that name. Crocroft. The Crocroft. But yeah, that's. That's my portion, Thomas. Yeah, so um, just a bunch of hammies. Uh, Tyreek, <laughs> uh, or soft tissue, I should say. Tyreek's got a hammy. Sammy Watkins out with a groin injury. So uh, hammer of Travis Kelsey. Um, and then uh, KJ Hamler has a hammy. Um, it sounds as though all of them are week to week. I mean, KJ Hamler, they came out and said he was week to week. I would imagine Tyreek and Sammy are the, are the same way. Tyreek was doing um, individual drills today at practice. Yeah, so he's the, back. Was, yeah, okay. All right. To put on it, well, the, and this is, this is again, like we're, we're compiling the news as, as it comes out. So we may have missed, you know, one blip or, well, or, it's, or not. It's important but, though with the hammies. Well, and that's yes. what I was going to say is if he's already with the hammy, right? And and think about, I mean, it's a shortened, it's a shortened off season. There's the no preseason with those reps, and they and they're going hard. So anyway, um, yeah, Tyreek, Sammy, KJ Hamler, soft tissues, and then Corey can talk about other. Yeah, I got a couple other ones. I got a couple bone injuries. Apparently, <laughs> I got that segment. So uh, Jarrett Stidham said it, it was a weird report, right? So it comes out says he's out multiple weeks with a hip injury. We are pretty sure we saw him practicing today. Yeah, um, on but NFL Network. The but there are absolutely days. no news reports about him practicing or that he's back at practice. So we'll keep you posted on Jarrett Stidham. If he's hurt, it probably means Cam Newton's the day one starter. If he's not, who knows? There still could be a competition. That's the only thing that really matters here. Uh, Melvin Gordon left practice Thursday, last Thursday, with a rib injury. He's day-to-day, but he's back at practice on Monday. But a rib injury is another one of those. Takes a bad hit, weird spot. He could be miss some more time. Um, and then the big one, I think, is Kenyon Drake was in a walking boot yesterday or on monday so that's something that's not going to heal quickly if you're in a walking boot that's it's cause for concern so monitor Kenyon drake closely if you're drafting that probably bumps chase edmonds up just a little bit um yeah but so he's the, i don't think this is affecting his adp at this point there's no indications that he's going to miss massive time yeah. right they had asked the coach though um uh, kingsbury if he would be ready for week one and he dodged it very well nice it, well, and so I was, listening to, I was listening to the footballers, and they were talking about the same thing, him in a walking boot, and they come out and say, oh, it's precautionary. They're like, if it's precautionary, shouldn't every player on the team be in a walking boot then? Yeah. Like, shouldn't everybody be in bubble wrap? Like, so it's not a great start. Well, let me put you this way. I've never gone to my doctor said, hi, I have an ankle sprain. He said, well, let me put you in a precautionary walking boot. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was in one last year, too, but... I mean, it's maybe he just likes the way they feel. They're stylish, they're comfy. You know, they, they that, that water thing in there. All right, uh, my turn. Mike Williams has a shoulder sprain. He's out two to four weeks, but it sounds like he won't be ready for week one. They're probably gonna try to push him because, as the Chargers, they really need need him. 
but I think he misses week one. Who knows? But his ADP will probably fall now because of this news. Yeah. I just got him in like the 13th round in our in our home yeah, league draft. Yeah, he's um, one of your flex plays. He's, I mean, you have plenty of flex play guys, but... Right. Well, I'm just saying, like, I don't know how much more his ADP can actually drop. I mean, he'd be, he'll it, end up being a free it agent. It might drop maybe. to, if you have a 15-run league. Right. So Plus, Tom, um, um, I'll skip me for a second to get <laughs> so the talk about, about this. Bell. Uh, yeah, so it looks like LeBell dropped uh, down to 210 pounds. So he was saying this is the lightest that he's ever played. He's got about 4% body fat. He put all this stuff up there. You can go and watch his workout videos. He looks like he's absolutely buzzing around, flying around Jets camp. And then the asshole that is Adam Gay said that he likes Frank Gore. Like, <laughs> I, if there was not... The, the, the guy needs a bitch slap in the face. I, I'm sorry. That, I know just the guy is, to give it to him. That is ridiculous. Uh, so, Lev Bell, I think, work, work, volume's there. Gase is in his way. So, we'll talk about him in a little bit anyway. Well, there's the thing, too, that Lev Bell was also upset that he did kind of bench him a little bit in the practice or the Hamstring. scrimmage. And they said there's a hamstring, and he comes out on Twitter and goes, my hamstrings are fine, and it's really hard to stay loose when you're not playing me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, you go back to, you go back to the, it's the Adam Gase smoke screen saying, hey, he can't handle a full workload, Frank Gore. I know you're, you're 85, but how are you doing? Which is wild, because you go back <laughs> to the Pittsburgh days, and Love Bell was on the field, what, 99% of snaps? Like He, he was a Christian he McCaffrey. He didn't take snaps off. Yeah, all. when you have a good offense and a good head coach, Love Bell's on the field 95% of the time. When you have Adam Gase. Oh, yeah. And Mike Tomlin might be the greatest coach of all time, but that's and for other reasons. And <laughs> Tom's now, now strangling his Adam Gase doll he has. <laughs> so Tom's very bad. We actually need to get you a legit yeah, Adam Gase doll. Voodoo dolls, honestly. I'll get him a voodoo doll and a Lev Bell doll, and I'll just be like, put him on the field. <laughs> if not, I'll put you talk. here. Just <laughs> right. All right. And Swing with my dolls. Right, yeah, we'll go back in to a little that. more news, Tyrell Williams for the Las Vegas Raiders. Torn labrum, week to week, will attempt to play. He he's going to skip the surgery, so he's he can play this season. I think it's a mistake because they have more options now without him. Um, I I I still don't see there a world that his ADP is going to skyrocket down, right? Yeah. Um, where he's not even draftable in probably a lot of leagues well i think it's the wrong move for maybe the raiders but for him i would do the same exact thing he's like look at all this talent behind me i gotta play and keep my job yeah i gotta stay relevant i, I can see it that way yeah. too Hen- hunter renfro has actually showed up uh, a lot i've heard a lot of good things about him and then obviously we've been hearing a lot of hype on brian edwards as well so it, it, you're right in but his it, in his view he's probably like well i gotta t- save my yeah job. like he could be the odd man out if he of course right if he does not Suck it up and play. And a torn labrum, like you said, that's a full season injury. So if he has surgery on it, he's cooked. He's not going to play that year. You can't come yep. back from that yeah, surgery right. one year. So I tough tough injury to play through, too. Professional football is no joke. I mean, even catching, he'll be fine probably. But trying to block a guy, no. No chance. Yeah, heaven forbid he gets you know pushed into the ground. Man. It falls on his shoulder weird. Yeah. RIP. I mean, mm-hmm. that shoulder will come right out without a labrum. Tom knows all about injuries into the shoulder. He'll tell you. It's not fun. <laughs> It's a different podcast. Um, another <laughs> news: Sony Michelle, he's off the pup now. Um, he's, I'm not sure if he, if he practiced today. He did. He did. He did yeah. practice today. He said so he fantastic. Yeah. There's a Damien Harris hype train. His no, it's a- gone. ADP skyrocketed for a late round guy. He still might be a last round pick, but with Michelle back, Burkhead's probably going to be back in a little bit. Producing a, a little more and when the season starts, just it, it just sucks for Harris, but it just shows that. Oh, I'm sorry, and Lamar Miller. Will well, so I was actually going to say, I still have heard nothing about Lamar Miller. Well, he hasn't passed his physical, as far well, as I know, which is very weird because they signed him knowing he was going on the pup, so they were fully aware to completely sign this guy knowing he was hurt, right? Which is still not a great sign for Damian Harris, and we said that the second they signed Lamar, so the Harris. Pipe train is definitely getting lower and lower. Yeah, Michelle is back, and he's looking good, like Craig said. So, um, biggest thing of the day: David Montgomery, a groin strain. We all fear that it was a I don't know, torn ACL or or something of that matter, because the first report came out and said he was carted off the field. 
and then it came out and said, oh no, he walked off, he limped off, and then they had the cart out there, and he sat on the cart and it got taken away. So the Bears now were saying it's a minor injury. When when we first saw it, it was who the hell do I pick up now to replace him because they yeah. had no one. <laughs> they have no running backs on their roster. But yeah, Montgomery was season was over for five minutes, <laughs> and and then then the news actually came out that he was it was just a growing strain, but. Um, the, realistically, we don't know how severe it is, but, um, you know, a lot of doctors say that it could be a lingering thing. I found out today groins are worse than hamstring injuries. So, um, next on the docket is, uh, Gardner Minshew is just the greatest person that's ever graced himself on this planet. Um, he put out a, uh, montage of if you draft me first round, then Bud Light will give you some beer. I don't know exactly the whole parameters behind it. I think um, it's a 30 rack. I would say that you shouldn't do that, um, even though that we all love him. He's fantastic. He's great for fantasy football and you know the the, the whatever uh, porn industry it is that he's part Cam, of. Cam Soda. Cam Soda. <laughs> um, that was a riot last year. That was just hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, that's that has really no impact on. But if, if the prize for doing that, the first round pick for Gardner Minshew is a thirty rack. Like if you play in a money league. You've lost your money right yeah. there. <laughs> you will you will not win your league, and therefore I'm you will lose your money. I'm taking Mahomes before I take him to win a thousand bucks over a twenty three dollar, yeah, Bud Light. Twenty three dollars for a hot dog. <laughs> so so if you haven't seen it, it's just a great little video. He's standing there in the beginning in a bathroom, yelling to a mirror like, "I'm not quarterback twenty two, Gardner. Go I look be- it up. I believe in you. I we I got a draft coming up." I'm thinking about it. He's actually a free agent in our league, and I might pick him up for uh, yeah. luck today. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm like, uh, he's really into it, or, or or he just doesn't give two shits. He's like, I'm, like, I'm gonna sign. Yeah, whatever. I just got an endorsement for Bud Light. Yeah, F it. <laughs> um, all right, and then the last one is uh, Malcolm Brown is taking reps with the first team today, which to me, I mean, I know news coming out of camps are only, you know, what they are, but. Um, I actually I did notice that too. Like I have had NFL Network on all day, just on my laptop next to my computer. Now that I'm working from home, I have the ability to have two computers, so I just have NFL Network going. And I was looking, and I saw Craig's employer don't listen. Um, <laughs> oh, he doesn't listen to this. Is that why it's late? He, <laughs> again? He he does not listen to this. Uh, the problem anyway. with the American work from home system and mentality. <laughs> but but hey, this is my second job, so it's a side hustle. So I'm watching and I'm going, you know, I see Malcolm Brown take a rep with Jared Goff. Then I see Daryl Henderson take a rep with Jared Goff. And I'm like, where's Cam Akers? And of course, in their scrimmage, Cam Akers fumbles the football. Um, so I'm like, well, okay. this is interesting. I thought Cam Akers had it. And so with Malcolm Brown taking first team reps, take that for what you will. I just think that it, it could be notable. Um, it's funny because Kim Akers was the one last week. <laughs> it, but yeah. It's it's lovely week by season. Got to try them out. Preseason stuff. Yep. Yeah, I mean, this is what we would be seeing in preseason without the preseason reps. You know, you got to run guys with the first team to see what they got. Yeah. I mean, go. maybe Malcolm Brown is an RB one, but you know, that's a pretty bold prediction right there. Some might Did say. Somebody take it. No. no, that was our no. segue. But it's kind of leading into the bold <laughs> prediction. Oh yeah, well I'll take my. Bold Do we prediction. want to go one alternate? Yeah, oh, yeah for, we can. For, we, we'll, we'll alter. Oh yeah, I'm not gonna take all three of mine. F yeah. Yeah. So we each we each came up with bold predictions, and these are again educated guests. You know, we're not expecting like, these things we, to happen. We aren't. I just want to say we aren't ranking our players because of our bold prediction. If that was the case, our rankings would be horrible. Right, exactly. This is like Probably. a. This is like a. This is what we see as the absolute best case scenario for. That's for or worst case scenario. Or yeah, or worst case scenario. But like, it's not a, a rational thing to. It's it, there's a, it's an educated guess, yeah. but it's yeah. not a, a hard and true fact. We'd it's love to see it happen. There's a potential bold. that it does, but it's it's bold. It's bold. It's bold. I will say that my first one has impacted my rankings. I've been so my first one is, <laughs> yeah, is CD that's Lamb. Only one. Um I have been so bullish on CD Lamb. Um it's not even typed up here, but my bull prediction is that CD Lamb leads Dallas in targets, gets a thousand yards, and leads all the wide receivers in touchdowns. Like there is a world where CD Lamb is the number one fantasy wide receiver for Dallas. Um that's not to take away from Amari Cooper. That's not to take away from my Michael Gallup. I mean, I sit here and I say there's a world where all three of them get over a thousand yards, absolutely. But 
I've been so bullish on CD that I think for me to go even higher is to say that he's he's really the number one wide receiver coming out of Dallas. Uh, we've already heard that him and him and um, Dak are are you know connecting pretty well, and I think that he's just the type of player to do that. I mean, I watched a video of him just make an absolutely nasty grab over whoever their cornerback was, and he got up and he just like. You could just tell he just like kind of smiled about it and like he gave daps to the DB. Like he's just an all around good kid. I really like CD. This is, if there was one that I want to hit, this might be number two of my <laughs> bold predictions. And you'll find out why later. But I, re- I, would, I really want to see this one hit. So that, that, that's my first one. And um, I, where, where was it? I was trying to look it up earlier. I didn't know that. What was the vacated targets for Dallas? Well, we can get you that real quick. Yeah, sorry. But I, I like wanted to mention too about right about CD Lamb. Like the way you said, he, he just seems like a nice kid to give the guy daps. You know, he didn't do either. He didn't really celebrate. He, he's like, oh, I do this all the time. He just I've been here. Head, he just put his head down. He but was wait till he plays it. against someone oh. that's on his team. Oh, I cannot wait yeah. to see. So, him. Like I'm a rookie. Look at me. So Richard Sherman, what up? <laughs> to answer your question, it was 190 vacated targets. Right. Okay. So there, and, and there's a considerable amount of passing attempts to go around. So oh, yeah. and and the thing too is I'll say that there was one thing I noticed when I was watching the combine was that C.D. Lamb had the ears of every other wide receiver that was going into the draft. There was a specific situation where he had actually made the, some nasty catch at, at the combine, and then there was another one where there was an arid pass. And then every single time, you know, all the wide receivers would be kind of like jumping over him like a, like a um, you know, player got a home run in baseball coming around to the home plate. Um, that's just how people view him around the league. So it's just one of those things that if the players can tell that he's going to be a major player in, in football, then he's, he's just going to be. And Michael Irvin told him to wear 88, too, and follow in the footsteps. So that 88 in Dallas is a a pretty good one. Hopefully he only follows in some of Michael Irvin's (laughs) footsteps and avoids his off-field antics. A little uh, (laughs) cocaine. Yeah, a little cocaine. Not a big fan of that old CD lamb, hopefully. (laughs) All right, I'll go into my first bowl prediction. Matthew Stafford will produce two wide receiver twos on the season. Uh, Of course, Galladay is the easy one because we have him as a top 10 wide receiver. But Marvin Jones, I think, will also finish as a wide receiver two on the season where he's being drafted as a bench stash kind of guy. Mainly if Stafford and Jones play a full season together. I know it hasn't happened since 2017, but last time it happened, Marvin Jones was the wide receiver seven in the entire fantasy season on half PPR, mm-hmm. which is actually kind of surprising because I didn't think he finished that high, but... I know there's no Galladay then, so you know, give some touchdowns away. I can easily see him finish as a wide receiver two. I'm not betting my rankings on that, but that's why it's so bold. Because if they're all the entire team's healthy, that's a complete doable thing um, this year. And they've had a terrible ground game for so long. And so Stafford was hurt last year. Marvin Jones was hurt two years ago, right? Two years ago, and he missed three games last year too. Yeah. And missed, I love it. But, yeah. Yeah. It's bold. <laughs> oh, and, I mean, it's, it's bold, but like, is your wide receiver five? Oh, and, I mean, it's certainly within the realm of reality. Was he? He wasn't one of your sleepers, was he? No, because I think we... we, we went on that podcast, on I think we did say as a consensus, like we talked about Jones, we, we can all agree. That's right. why we didn't make him one, like... An individual with one. Lazard. Yeah, like, we, we all kind of agree Lazard and Marvin Jones as player can... You know, you know, jump up and be that wide receiver two. And that's the thing. Like we try to challenge ourselves, and like we felt, even though that uh, you know it may not be obvious to the normal or, or everyday kind of guy uh, that Marvin Jones is going to be, you know, a sleeper. But we 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 challenge ourselves. We knew that he was going to be a sleeper. He's being taken way too late. So yeah, his, uh, his ADP has him in the late eighth, early ninth round right now, which is it's deep. Yeah, for a wide receiver too. Yeah, that's not bad, for sure. Um, All right, work. Turn this one over to Dow. Is your first bold prediction? Yeah, I mean this is bold, and I've been saying it for a while now, so I wanted to make sure I had it on record as my logged bold prediction. Joe Burrow is going to finish as a QB one on the year. I really think it's going to be QB twelve, so it'll just be barely in that tier. But he will be a QB one, which means he should be starting and playing him. I think I don't know how many times I've said it. Like. The weapons around him, Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green if he's healthy, John Ross, uh, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, an improved offensive line. Those are all recipes for success on offense. 
and then he still has a terrible defense that's going to give up a ton of points. He's going to throw the ball 45, 50 times a game. His whole situation lends himself to being a high-performing fantasy quarterback. Whether the Bengals win a lot of games is irrelevant. Take that out of the fantasy football equation. Whether they're a good team doesn't matter. You hope for a high-powered offense with a terrible defense. Let me reference the Kansas City Chiefs for you real quick. All those guys are fantasy relevant. The Bengals could be the same thing. Bucks last year. Yeah, exactly. Not a play team at all. Yep. Exactly. Miss news, Adrian Green's back at practice. Beautiful. Perfect. This so nothing about his situation is bad. And I see that there's a bet that you made previously today. Yes, sir. Uh, just made it with Jeff. Um, you heard about him, or you, you actually met him briefly on the uh, Podcast 69, Dynasty Podcast. Dynasty podcast. 69. Yep. Um, me and Jeff bet that he actually gave me the line at 16. He said he didn't think Burrow would be a top 20 quarterback, so he gave me the line at 16. So if he's 16 plus, we're just betting beers, Treehouse beers. Shout out Treehouse. Give me some beers so I can pay off my debts, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's monetary value around here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so if he finishes top 16, I win my bet. If he finishes top 12, my bold prediction's right. What's more important to me? Well, my bold prediction, because then I'll win them both. That's Plus true. he's your sleeper, so that's three times. Oh, it's three times. Let's go. <laughs> and uh, can I get of... him as a dart throw? <laughs> <laughs> a Hold little on. bit of Hold that. Hold on. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> hey, we have a sound <laughs> late addition to the dart throw. Love it. All right, and a piece of that is also part of my first full prediction as well, and that is that two wide receivers will come. E- two wide receivers will come out of. The three teams I'm going to name off. Green Bay, not a lot of people think two are coming out. New York Jets, a lot of people don't even think one's coming out. And Cincinnati, two wide receivers will come out of these three teams as either flexes or higher. Uh, Green Bay, obviously, Devontae Adams will cross him off the board. Everyone knows that he's going to be wide receiver one. However, the wide receiver two on that team is always questionable. Is it going to be Alan Lazard this year? Is MVS going to have a bounce back year? Is Equinemius St. Brown, some random schmo that was drafted three years ago, going to come out? And will he be able to produce? Well, I'm going to say at least two wide receivers on that team will be either wide receiver fours or higher. Um, you know, obviously, Devontae Adams. So I will say that Alan Lazard, Equinemius St. Brown, MVS, maybe it's Jay Kumaro, whatever. If you, had to, if you had to bet on one, who are you making the bet on? I'm making the bet on Alan Lazard. Lizard. Yeah, Lizard, that Komodo The Lizard drags. King. Yes, friend of the program. Um, and then moving on to the second team I have put here, and that is the New York Jets. People sleep on Jamison Crowder a lot. For whatever reason, I've seen him going around the 11th, 12th round, and I, I see the guy as a PPR monster. If you're in that league, he goes a lot higher. However, most leagues are half PPR, and if you were really to look around the landscape on the team, he is a clear-cut number one wide receiver for this team. He's a target monster. And with Sam Darnold, who you know came back after Mono last year, led the team to six wins uh, you know, from when he was, when he was back, uh, he'll bring Jameson Crowder to the promised land for your fantasy team. And I am going to say that either Denzel Mims or Brashard Perryman will finish the year as wide receiver four. Rashard Perryman obviously had his chances with Tampa Bay, and he did pretty well. However, he's on a new team, and you know Robbie Anderson was able to compete and play at a high level with uh, Sam Darnold two years ago. So it could be Rashard Perryman, but realistically, I love Denzel Mims. I think that if there's highlight tapes that you have not seen on him, please go check it out. He's an unreal talent. I think he'll finish as a, as a wide receiver four or higher if it is not Brashard Perryman. And then Cincinnati, like we had mentioned, you had said Joe Burrow is going to be a lot better. I think, obviously, Tyler Boyd is my locked and loaded, going to be wide receiver two or higher. A.J. Green is a guy that I would say may not play. If he does play, obviously, he will finish as a wide receiver three or higher. But if he does not, I would say T. Higgins is a guy that could finish wide receiver four or higher. Love it. Craig just hammering two wide receivers on on teams that people would not expect people Uh, teams that would not expect this is gonna this is why it's it's a bold bold craig it's bold craig it's very bold i like very bold all right are are we going on to our number twos now number two number twos i love this one tom yeah so (laughs) well we were sitting around and we're like okay this is actually like kind of realistic but i i think that i think that this is a very bold prediction because i don't know that this has ever happened in history and I don't know if th- this is this is even really going to happen, but 
Baltimore is going to have four players that rush the ball 100 times or more. Lamar Jackson, uh, Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards, and then I'm predicting J.K. Dobbins is going to be that the, the fourth with 100 rushing yards. So Lamar Jackson rushed the ball 176 times last year. Mark Ingram rushed the ball over 200 times last year. Gus Edwards rushed the ball over 300 times last year. And Justice Hill rushed the ball 58 times. So basically all I'm saying is those workloads remain the same. 50 carries come from Lamar Jackson and they go to J.K. Dobbins. That is what I'm predicting. If that happens, you have a low-end RB1, high-end RB2, and then you've got three flex plays in Gus Edwards and, and J.K. Dobbins, you know, week-depending, matchup-depending. I'm not going to tell you to play them every single week. But you have two other guys that are that are producing fantasy points on on a uh, on a, on a week by week basis, and then Lamar Jackson still getting over hundred rushing yards and still going to end up being QB one. If Lamar Jackson rushes the ball over hundred and fifteen times, even hundred times, he's going to be QB one. I don't care how many times he throws the ball; like, <laughs> he's going to be nasty. So. I just think for a team that wants to run the ball, they're like the inverse of the regular NFL. Like every team in the NFL wants to run the ball 600 times. Baltimore's like, dad, let's run it 600 times. Screw it. Like we, we're going to flip the NFL on its head. So Greg Roman has just been known to produce, you know, having his second running back always contribute, always produce. I mean, Gus Edwards always had five yards of carry under Greg Roman. And giving Justice Hill the ball 58 times, I think, I mean, there's there's no doubt in my mind that J.K. Dobbins comes in and has a significant role on this team. Gus Edwards might be the third back, and it might be Ingram, then J.K., then Gus Edwards, but I don't think there's any reason that they need to take carries away from Gus Edwards. They need to take away carries from, from Mark Ingram. They need to take some away from Lamar Jackson. I think everything Justice Hill did, everything they take away from Lamar goes to, to J.K., and if I if I felt real confident in J.K. Dobbins getting a hundred carries this year, I'd be telling you that he he's an absolute gold mine in the tenth round or whatever his ADP is. But it's bold. <laughs> that's why it's, oh, that's bold, a, that's why in my opinion it's, I can it's see like it. the yeah. thing is it, it like it's bold, but like <clears throat> I could see it happening. I mean they ran they ran it like five hundred and seventy eight times last year. I'm so trying like I was trying to go back to uh, I was trying to go back to the Niners Greg Roman days just to see if they had. The similar thing because I know they had Carlos Hyde and they had um they have Frank didn't they, they have might have Frank Gore yeah Gord and Carlos Hyde and I think that while. was and I think that was it I was trying to support your point but I can't find the proof of it this quickly I need uh, more that's time a, that's all right we'll let Scotty take his uh, bold prediction number two as he goes on to his second beer magnifying brewing company Corey Dow's brought a four pack for us Imperial Pale Ale IPA. Yeah, these are courtesy of Steve Stewart. Shout out, one of my clients. Appreciate you, brother. <laughs> also listens to the Top Shelf Fantasy group. So does he? Oh yeah. Uh, shout out, dude. Every time, Thank I, you. every time I close a property, I'm like, here, Top Shelf Fantasy. Ever heard of us? <laughs> Here's a sticker and a sign up sheet. <laughs> All right, my second bowl prediction: Philip Rivers will be a top ten quarterback in 2020. There's only three seasons in his entire career he's not finished as a quarterback. One, one being last season. Because of all the picks. So, bounce back player. He is a bounce back player. Beautiful. Yeah. And last year he had 20 picks, so that kind of put him out the range. So, he was quarterback 18th last year. He struggled. You know, weird offense. Melvin Gordon held out, came back. Keenan Allen dealt with a little injury. Mike Williams dealt with a little injury. But now he's going to one of the, it's actually, sorry, the best offensive line of the entire NFL. Easiest strength to schedule for running back so he doesn't have to you know you know lean on that too much but with a guy like Naheen Himes in the backfield he can take over that Austin Eckler you know pl- player but I won't get too much into that he's at T.Y. Hilton a young Zach Pascal a very young Michael Pittman and a sleeper in Paris Campbell on the team let alone a Jack Doyle who is a is a veteran tight end who Philip Rivers is going to love you know this guy has played so often for so long that Rivers is going to fall in love with this guy. I don't have him ranked as a quarterback one or a top 10 guy, but there's a world where, where he just destroys it with all this protection all day. Cause last year he got rushed like crazy. He's going to finish as a quarterback one. It's my bold prediction. Sorry, not quarterback one, top 10. 
So yeah. just so yeah. he's going to beat out a guy like a Aaron Rodgers and slip into that 10th spot, and Aaron Rodgers is going to be the one. Or or a Joe Burrow. Or a Joe Burrow. Yeah. And somebody has him going to Indy going to the Super Bowl. Is it Dallas? No, no, no. Yeah, it's it's because of bowl prediction. It's a bowl prediction for those both. Got both I, of those things. Yeah. Gotcha, so, gotcha. Uh, yeah, that's my, um, that's my bold one. I don't think it's a, even that bold looking back to what he's done his entire career with yeah i think his body the right weapons supports it. yeah. it, it's well, probably his best he's, team he's had he's in old five years. He, he's older and craig brought up early he, he's there's news that he's struggling in the offense let's hope you know he he finds his way in there in the next two weeks oh it's gonna happen i mean again it was it was the, the what i was saying was that he had an aired pass against uh throwing towards paris campbell you know that could have been campbell's well, cut him not <laughs> that not it could have been not Rivers' fault. That's but. the old Tom Brady approach. Nah, guy ran a bad route. That he sucked. Get rid of him. And yeah. that's not even bringing in drafting Jonathan Taylor as a, yep. I think security blanket and the running back. It's the best offensive wise. line in football. Yeah. He's so if he's if he can't pass on third and one, he's not going to force and throw those picks like he did last year. He's going to give it to Jonathan Taylor. He's an accurate, smart quarterback. Yeah, so that's my bold version number two, and I'll lean this one on to Corey's number two. Yeah, this is probably my most bold prediction of the of the. I mean, Joe Burrow as QB one, I guess, is bold, but this is more convoluted. I have the Patriots will produce a wide receiver one, a quarterback one, and two RB twos this season. Those guys specifically being Julian Edelman, Cam Newton, Sony Michelle, and James White. I wanted to put him in here, not because I'm a Patriots homer, but I think that the Patriots offense is being slept on a lot and i think a lot of it's a result of cam newton a new you know a new qb a new head honcho coming to town that hasn't been your guy for 20 years is worrisome to a lot of people and a lot of people don't want to buy into it but edelman has always had a shot for wide receiver numbers as long as he stayed healthy or hasn't been suspended this isn't really a bold take on the edelman behalf but at least not for our bold predictions but he averages over 88 catches over the last six seasons where he is still dealt with injuries and suspensions if he can increase his TD totals a bit, there's no reason he wouldn't be a wide receiver one lock for every single season that he's played. All that being said, he's going disrespectfully late in drafts. I just drafted him in a 10-team league over this past weekend, and I got him in the middle of the ninth round, which is crazy for a guy who has wide receiver upside and really wide receiver two uh, floor. I easily think this year with Cam Newton looking for a guy that he can rely on consistently, Edelman's wide receiver one. Then you have Cam himself, probably the biggest question for the past this year. First off, we don't even know if he's going to be the starter for sure. I think he is. All every Everything I'm saying is predicated on him actually being the starter. With the ability that he has to add to an offense with his legs, there's no reason he can't crack the top 12 quarterbacks in this league. Now, I know that's a little bold, but he's a former league MVP. In the last full season he played in 2018, he had his highest completion percentage of his career at just a hair over 67%. So... Someone in New England is going to have to score touchdowns, and with a defense that's still ranked as one of the most elite Ds in the league, they should benefit from good field position, maybe some really short fields on you know early picks and drives. And I think Cam McDaniel's are going to Cam and Josh McDaniel's are going to put together an offense that he can execute and he can succeed with. So quarterback one, bold, definitely crazy. I don't really think so. Then the hard one for me is getting two running backs into an RB two range. That's White and Michelle. White did it last year. He was RB twenty two. So all I need him to uh, all I need him to do is replicate what he did last year, which he definitely should do. Sony getting into RB two is a little bit more difficult. He was RB twenty eight last year. He's got to move up at least four slots to make that happen. That's about thirty points. I don't know if he can do it, but that's what makes it bold. That's I think that's the biggest bold part. Right? Yeah, <laughs> right there. So, right. It's Sony. Sony's show. <laughs> right. I think a canvas and QB one's a stretch, but then Sony at moving up a bit is is, is tough. He's got to stay healthy and he's got to produce. And with all the hype, you could just swap out Sony's name with Harris's name. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, you did say two RBs. You so said two RBs. Could be anyone. Rickberg. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> Craig's second. My second is less fantasy related. However, something that has not happened in a very long time. I tried to find the actual stat, but it is just nowhere to be found. But one division this year finishes four teams with a winning record. Very difficult to do, but I would think the AFC West has the ability, if there's any, to do it. Um, and from what I have, obviously, Kansas City's getting a winning record. Cross that off the board. Obviously has a lot of fantasy uh, relevant players. We've already talked about how it's a fantasy gold mine. However, the Denver Broncos would be one that finished seven and line, nine last year, 
has a lot more pieces to go around this year. Melvin Gordon comes in. Jerry Judy comes in. Cortland Sutton was already great. And Drew Locke is a quarterback. Um, you know, could really do well for this entire team. I think that they do improve. And then again, the, the Las Vegas Raiders, I think, improved from their 7-9 and nine win season as their defense improved a lot. Josh Jacobs is great. Derek Carr could have a bounce back year. Henry Ruggs is someone that's really going to help them out. Darren Waller, another year in the system, could really help their entire team. So I would say those three teams right off the bat for me are going to have a winning record. Corey is giving me a finger. What's up? It has never happened in the history of the NFL. So that's what was the hard thing for me. I'm like, <laughs> when was the last time? I should have just put, has it ever happened? Yeah, I just Googled um, it. It could be physically impossible. Not sure. But here's the big one. Here's the bold one. And that's a Los Angeles Chargers. And mainly, I think it's because of their defense. I think they've added so much to it. Um, Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram have both been signed. Um, Derwin James is one of the best safeties in the league. Um, I, I just, I really feel like it's more defense than anything with this division, um, outside of Kansas city, of course, that, that really pushes them all over the top. They finished last year at five and 11. They had their struggles. Let's not forget, um, you know, Phillip Rivers is not on the team. So this, this could be interesting, but Tyrod Taylor, if he actually does play out the entire year and it's not Justin Herbert has an interesting part about his game with what they've got going with Austin Eckler or Justin Jackson, if Mike Williams comes back, you know, Keenan Allen is also someone that, you know, is really going to lead the team based off of what I've seen on hard knocks. Everyone's just always in awe of him. So uh, it's just one of those things where I think that everything could go right for the Chargers. Everything could go right for the division and it could happen. It could finally happen. And you touched on it. Mathematically, it could happen. So <laughs> they only have to play six games in their own division. They, the worst team in the league, they could lose all, or in that division, they could lose all of them. That's only six losses. As long as they win the rest, they can go 10-6. I think this will be the toughest division in football this year. No, I don't disagree with you at all. And I love the Hard Knocks hype. Hard Knocks hype season is in full swing, boys. Back to Tom. Next poll prediction. Your favorite okay. one. Yeah, so I'm firing uh, Adam Gase. Um, <laughs> so this is your favorite one over the CD Lamb. I mean, my CD Lamb one, I think, is... is uh, this is the best one. Yeah, this kidding. is the best one. I, I hate Adam Gase. Absolutely hate Adam Gase. What? So listen, Joe Douglas, take take note, please. Um, you have a mediocre coach. Um, oh, God. I've got like 15 tabs open. Damn it. I, I had it somewhere. You have a mediocre coach who does not have a winning football team. The last time he had a winning football team was in 2016 with the Miami Dolphins, where he gave the ball to J.H.I. 260 times with Damian Williams, Kenyon Drake, Arian Foster all on that roster, Devontae Parker, and, and Jarvis Landry. Guess what? All of them are stars. Guess where J.H.I. is? Sitting on a couch. Adam Gase is the biggest dude. He, he's a jackass. He's not going to get it done. So here's here's the bold prediction. Adam Gase gets fired or Lev Bell gets traded. That is a marriage in which it, it's an arranged marriage for for Adam Gase. And if he can't get it right, then, you know, I'm, I'm Joe Douglas. Take a listen. What the hell are you two talking about over there? We're trying listen, to listen to me. We're, listen I'm to listening. me hate God on Adam Gase, please. <laughs> no, it's, it's an every week podcast. <laughs> listen, my, my, we're my, familiar with the take. My, yeah, my, uh, my, well, you were distracting me. I was, uh, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I like the beer discussion better than I like Adam Gase. Well, I still it's, don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, well, I'm the, saying, I mean, how you going 8.5% to a 6%. Yes. I'm not sure what it tastes like because it's such a hard oh, taste. Oh, so. yes, yes, true, true, true. Back to Gase. Oh, well, I'm, I'm done. I'm just saying, I think I think the bold Sorry. prediction, and I'm, I'm calling Joe Douglas out, so everybody who listens to this, please hashtag uh, the Jets general manager, Joe Douglas. Tell him to listen to this spot, podcast specifically because uh, I had Love Bell shares, and I'm sick and tired of watching him be a, a, a you know. A bum. Just, just a, a bum. bum. I'll see if I can get you this email of, address. I'm, I'm sick and tired of watching Adam Gase be a head football coach in the National Football League. I called for a couple firings last year, too. Those didn't happen, but this one I feel very You, call, you called for Gase I think they were year. close, but I think this I call, year called, is the year. Well, didn't you call for Freddie Kitchens, too? No, he, so called, got that one. No, he called no. for Nagy, Gase, oh, Nagy, yep. and Patricia. And, and Patricia. But then Nagy actually... How dare you call for Patricia's head? Did the right thing He's and used Montgomery... Didn't work out because yards were carry. He sucked. did it, but he for still a week. no. Yeah. He did all the rest of the season. His yards per carry sucked, but yeah. My third one off of Adam Gase as well. Another 
poor player stuck with Adam Gase last year. Robbie Anderson slips out of the sack of Gase and ends up on a, I mean, on a different team. I don't care what team. He's going to be good. Lands on. He's going to do better than last year. Okay, and I'm sorry to catch you off. No, it's fine. Miami, 2016. J.J., Ryan Tannehill, Damian Williams, Kenyon Drake, Arian Foster, Jarvis Landry, and uh, Devontae Parker. All of them with the exception of J.J., who got the ball 260 well, that, times. Well, Arian Foster was like last year, but but it, still, it Aaron Foster went anywhere else he would have succeeded. Look at succeeded. All, that, all that talent, right? And Tannehill's the quarterback. All of them has, have succeeded. So oh, yeah. I love they're, this. They're, I love they're all this. huge picks. Um, and, and this is very bold because I don't have ranked anywhere near D.J. Moore. But Rob Anderson will lead the Panthers wide receivers in fantasy points in 2020. Brand new offense. Brand new coach. No one's saying that they're locked in at DJ Moore just because he was the guy last year. He wasn't even the guy two years ago. He was only the guy last year, sophomore year. This coach doesn't really know him. Brand new offense, brand new quarterback. Who says that Rob Anderson cannot be the one? I think he is as talented as DJ Moore. And if you watch highlights of last year with the Gase offense, how many times he was open down the field and, and him just... <laughs> flossing saying i'm open <laughs> How you doing? So, i mean it's bold i, I have digit more right way ahead of them but i'm just saying it could happen right i yeah and you told me about the monta uh, montage which is eerily similar to the caleb Bellage yeah saying i'm open why why isn't sam Darnold throwing it down <laughs> don't feel me I, I burnt everyone again wild um so my next prediction has the chargers not producing a top 12 guy at any position this season. Um, I don't really know how bold it is. I think it's actually it's it's pretty likely. Um, and in the likely event that Tyrod Taylor and uh, Herbert both probably play half a season each, I think that's probably going to preclude either one of them from QB1 territory. They're Either way, they're both a step down from Rivers, and Rivers was only able to get Keenan Allen up to wide receiver eight last year. So I think a moderate step back with either Tyrod or Herbert is – a fair prediction to put him outside of uh, wide receiver one range. Uh, so top 12 is wide receiver one in a 12 team league. Then you have Eckler, who I think is a guy who is due for a big negative regression year with rivers leaving teams can kind of key on him a lot more than they have in the past. And the chargers don't really have a killer offensive line. So I think we see him struggle quite a bit. Um, I think he probably still finishes as a high end RB two, but he's outside that RB one spot and that's what he's being drafted to perform as. So that's going to be a letdown for a lot of Eckler owners. Then you have Hunter Henry, who is probably the most likely guy to cause this prediction to miss. The tight end landscape is just an absolute joke, so being a top 12 tight end really isn't that hard. But he struggled with injuries, and I just assume he's going to miss sometime, and hopefully he just keeps himself off the field long enough to miss, and I can hit this prediction. Bold. 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 And if you were with us <laughs> last year, you heard the Cincinnati Bengals season before it happened. Or just at I'll, the top I'll, of this podcast. I'll speed this up to 200. It will be BPMs sped up like next year at the bold prediction intro. But this year's team that I am focusing on is a team that we actually have two sleepers coming out of, and that is the Miami Dolphins. They are going to start off the year playing the Patriots, which is actually kind of a very tough are schedule. Yeah. He has a 16-week exactly breakdown. I know exactly going with this, yeah. I have, right. I have a long breakdown on this. Yes, get yourself strapped up. Go ahead and record it. Uh, you will go back to this at some point and realize that I was completely right the entire time. We have a bet, myself and Corey, on this team at what quarterback will play at what time, and I think that is going to come in, and I will speak on that. So, week one, they play the Patriots. That's bad for them. A lot of players, Preston Williams, Devontae Parker, Matt Breida, uh, Jordan Howard, will all fall, and they won't really like that. They'll underperform. Tua calls get started right away. But Flores isn't going to give up on Fitzmagic, and they start to do much better against Week 2's opponent, which I believe is the Buffalo Bills. And they start um, much, much better. Breida and Howard... Both take off, and they are both fantasy relevant, and I feel a lot more teams are going to like – or a lot, a lot more fantasy teams are going to like them and try and make them as trade bait. Fit, Fitzmagic saves his job. It's <laughs> a little burpy there. Two, two. <laughs> had, had to breathe a little bit. 
Um, Fitzmagic saves his job, and uh, Brita starts to continue on as the better running back of him and Howard Parker and I, Preston have Williams. Have we made it past week one yet? Uh, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're, we're about at week three now. Um, but you, this is your window to buy Matt Breida because after this, they, they face Jacksonville where they are going to take off Parker and Williams finish over wide receiver two this week. And in week four, new calls for Tua starts as the entire team struggles because they are playing very difficult teams. Week five is the time Tua is starting to come in in the first quarter. They get. Fitzmagic boot out. Is that conveniently after the bet you made with Dallas that he comes in in week five? Don't you worry. I had that put in very well. Exactly that will be (laughs) happening because fans will be back in the stadiums. Did you just predict the end of a pandemic? This is the COVID COVID end. Oh, my God. Anyway, to sum it up, Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, Matt Breida, Jordan Howard, uh, Mike Kosicki all become relevant from week nine to week 14. A lot of teams are going to be buying for these players around the trade deadline. You wouldn't expect it because it's the Miami Dolphins, but they start to have a really good schedule in that meet. They have Arizona, New York Jets, two times, Cincinnati Bengals, and Kansas City. Regardless of their offense, Kansas City's defense is trash, and you're going to have a lot of uh, players going off during that time. And everyone loves it, but they play New England and Oakland in the final for uh, week 15 and 16. They suck. Your Dolphins' dreams are over because they do not do very well. So you well. can't play them in your playoff weeks. So you cannot <laughs> play them in the playoff weeks. The Dolphins finish 6-10, and 10, and that is your Miami Dolphins season. <laughs> I love it. I love the full season breakdowns and the COVID uh, end prediction. Okay. I'm, I hope you're right. Next, I think next I kept time that to you two try to next time you try to surprise us, just give us an estimated time length. <laughs> oh, we're gonna go. It's gonna be two and a half that. minutes each time, baby. Every single time. So uh, we did have risers and fallers. I think we're gonna skip that yeah. for this podcast. Um, we'll bring it into one of the next podcasts. Um, all right, this is podcast eighty two. This is some. Some very bold, bold predictions. Very bold. Craig's Craig laid out the entire entire season. For the yeah, and you guys was... made fun of me last year for Cincinnati, and I was like eighty percent right. Craig's just gonna keep chucking. It. Craig's just <laughs> chucking darts. We'll cut. Hey, we have us down. Um. All right. Well, top shelf fantasy. Top shelf fantasy. Stay fluid. Stay loose.